Climbing to the cockpit with pilot and Link Square's Chief Legal Officer, Tim Perilla, as he invites legal leaders aboard to share advice that will help you navigate even the most turbulent times of in-house counsel work. We'll cover a range of topics from data privacy to legal team structure to public company transactions and beyond. You don't want to miss this series. Fasten your seatbelt and prepare for takeoff. You're listening to Cockpit Council. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Cockpit Council webinar. My name is Tim, I'm the host, and uh, today with me, I have Brittany Wayne, who uh, I've been fortunate enough have my uh, have to have had Brittany uh, join my staff here at Link Squares. What? Uh, when did you start, Brittany? Late January. So awesome. a little so, uh, just long enough to start uh, start feeling a little comfortable, which is great. Yeah. Um, so uh, we kick we kick this off every week. Uh, what's your pre-flight ritual? So um, I guess my answer is going to be similar to some of the other guests and making sure my pre-check is um, on my boarding pass. But that actually expired um, recently. So I need to make an appointment and go back in to get interviewed by security. Um, so I need to get that back. And then if it's a really long flight, I think I check for my neck pillow. <laughs> nice, nice. Pre-check yeah, is so critical that oftentimes can be the difference between making a flight and not making a flight. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so for you know for everyone listening let's let's go through a little bit of your background um you know let's talk about your career path a little bit and um you know what uh what brought you to link squares sure so um in law school I, I knew i've always liked reading and writing and drafting contracts um and in law school my internships and clerkships and my first job out of law school as an attorney was at high net worth trust and estates firms I liked, um, again, drafting and talking to the people, the clients, and helping them plan out their goals and avoiding problems in the future if the documents were well drafted. But mm -hmm. so with high net worth, trust and estates, a lot of um, there's a lot of corporate work as well, draft or uh, funneling assets into different LLCs and creating LLCs. And I realized I liked the corporate piece of it um, more. And and so I knew I kind of wanted to get into a more corporate setting. And I also have always just had a big interest in technology and what's being created. And um, Boston has so many tech companies. So, and I knew a lot of contracts have to go into different company, tech companies. And, <laughs> and so I Googled, I literally Googled um, Boston technology law firm. And I just, one day and I, I looked at the different results and I reached out to a, two law firms and one of them is um, an outside counsel boutique law firm for technology companies. So I reached out to the founder just to get um, an informational interview and that ended up leading to a job and I loved That's it. Awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah. And so I served as um, an associate there as outside counsel for technology companies, some that were bigger that had in-house groups that just had extra work outsourced to the firm, and then also some smaller companies that didn't have in-house teams yet. Um, and so that's how I um, realized I really liked in-house work. And from there, I became um, counsel at a, a global healthcare 
consulting company. I was associate counsel and the only counsel. Um, and it was really great. I learned a ton, but I missed the technology piece of it that I had gained um, some experience in with the outside counsel firm. And um, that led me here um, through searching for a CLM, a contract lifecycle management software, actually. That's how I learned about Link Squares and we're in Boston and I just became fascinated with it. And um, so it led me here. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's uh, let's let's pause for a minute there. I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper. And so you're the sole in-house counsel for this organization. Um, can you talk about I my first job out of school? I was the first in-house attorney at at an organization as well. I fell completely backwards into it. One day I'll tell you the story on how that happened. Uh, but you know, I was super fortunate and had a lot of people help me along the way, but, um, really interested in hearing about your experience as a sole in-house attorney and, you know, what, what, when you first got in, what were the main things you were focusing on and, you know, what were some of the, you know, some of the quick wins you had, what were some of the struggles that you dealt with? Really interested in just sort of understanding how, uh, how you felt there. Yeah, great question. Um, I'd say I, I just had to learn so much about the company first. I think that was a big um, sort of shift in mindset about learning kind of the nitty gritty about the company itself that I didn't need to learn the different aspects, um, such granular aspects um, when I had multiple companies as clients. So first learning the process of what the company cared about before reviewing the different contracts, I think that was critical um, and helped me be more efficient. Um, and I mostly worked on NDAs, master services agreements, and the SOWs, and building relationships with the different um, sales teams, um, learning about what those different teams cared about, um, depending on the type of contract or the type of MSA it was, or um, because they offered different services. Uh, what to look at. Um, I'd say the biggest struggle was dealing with volume. Uh, <laughs> uh, that I had to I had to learn ways to become quicker just through experience, but also just gaining um, tips and things to do um, to become even better. Um, and, yeah. But I, I could I, see. I, I, oh, sorry. I, I no, think the ahead. the biggest struggle, and then also being the first in house counsel. Um, I could tell sales thought of legal as kind of um, an extra step that maybe wasn't always um, fun or, or convenient because, um, but then gaining their trust over time and really like catching now and then things in contracts that really weren't in the company's best interest or adding something that would help the sales team like in the SOW or the development team um, and showing different teams like what we could add to a contract and build, building that trust and no longer being seen as like just an extra step or um yeah that's really a, that's a that's a huge huge aspect i know my my first my first job i was basically hired to help um you know to help do more or less due diligence uh for an organization that was undergoing a uh a potential acquisition and um they had a handful of different suitors who were coming through and you know uh, sending in due diligence request lists and 
um, you know, and, and hurry up and wait sort of thing. We'd produce and then, oh, that deal fell through. We're talking to these other people and that deal fell through and so on and so forth and go on and on. And so like the first couple of months that I was there, it was really focused on this, like, um, really focused on this, uh, this transaction and like throughout the organization, like I, you know, I was, I was working with the CFO primarily and the controller and the head of FP&A and, um, really just like the deal team. And other than that, people are like, who's that guy? Right. Like, okay. Like, Oh, finance, hire someone new. Like you got a new staff accountant or something. And, um, and so, uh, but when the deal started to, uh, when the deal started to sort of slow down and in those, in those lulls, um, you know, I got to know a, a handful of folks throughout the marketing organization. They're like, oh, you're a lawyer. You're, oh, that's cool. That's great. Like, just like literally passing, like introducing myself to people or whatever. And um, like, I've got this contract, like, can you take a look at it? I'm like, well, sure. I've never really reviewed a contract before in any meaningful way, but of course I'll, I'll, look at it and let you know what I think of it. <laughs> They're like, cool, it's better than like just me doing it. You at least have a legal background. And, um, you know, and, and that, that helped me to start to build some of those relationships throughout the organization during the downtime. And then eventually we were able to, you know, two years later end up selling, uh, end up selling the organization. But um, okay. one of the things that I struggled with a lot was uh, trying to understand how to, how to get resources uh, to answer questions that, quite frankly, I didn't know the answers to. I, uh, you know, interested in in hearing from you. I, you know, you you had a couple years under your belt before you were in house, but, um, you know, what uh, what did you do when you came across a problem that you just had no idea where to begin? Yeah. So what I usually try to do is just look online and try to figure it out myself. Like sometimes there'll just be a term that I, ha I hadn't even heard before, um, especially being in the healthcare space. Um, and so I try to familiarize myself just online. But then if I, if I found myself spending too much time where it just was no longer cost efficient, I would then go to the point of contact for the um, contract. Um, I reported to the CFO as well, like you did, um, but she really knew everything that was going on with, the company. Yeah. So I, um, during my meetings with her, I'd ask, I'd ask her questions. Um, and luckily everyone at the company was just so, uh, receptive and open to being asked questions. Um, so luckily there was that environment where I could ask and learn, but sometimes, yeah. um, also being in a global, in a global space, sometimes the person who I would normally ask the question, um, being a different time zone, it wasn't always, they weren't always online. So but I did have to try to figure things out myself a good amount and then see how much, maybe skip that part of the contract if I truly couldn't figure it out and try to get as much other stuff of the contract done before the next morning where I could speak to that person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh crap, it's two o'clock. What time is yeah. it in Leon right now? Right. <laughs> As far as uh, as far as thriving in a fast-paced environment, like we have a, a pretty fast-paced environment here at Link Squares, and um, you know, how are you thinking about prioritizing things? Everything from how am I getting my work done to how am I setting myself up for career progression and personal success uh, throughout the organization? 
Yeah, well, I, I think you already said one of the, the key elements of, of thriving um, is being able to prioritize effectively. Um, there's always going to be a bunch of things thrown to the legal team at once. And being able to triage with my teammates to make sure we don't duplicate work, but also maybe who's more comfortable handling a certain task um, and to bring the most value to the firm just to try to do things as efficiently as possible. I think communication is so important. Um, talking to um, either sales or procurement or whoever um, the contract's coming from, understanding um, the key elements and timeline of the contract and also being aware of company policies. Different companies sometimes have a time turnaround timeframe that they adhere to. Um, so really learning the company itself and the product that, um, that we sell um, or that a company sells, uh, whatever in-house team you're a part of, I think makes you a better lawyer um, for, the com- for yourself and for the um, company. And I think that's how to do, to become better and to keep growing. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that, something that I've, I've tried to emphasize with, uh, with other in-house attorneys and particularly folks who are, you know, just starting out in their in-house career is that like, you're really, you know, your, your major value at the organization, you know, over time is how, how much of an expert you become in, you know, that organization's product, um, that organization's customer, and the way that the organization generally works and how to get things done, right? Um, you know, as I don't know if it was on uh, if it was on one of the cockpit council webinars or if it was a different discussion uh, that I had with Danielle Shear, uh, and Danielle was talking about an exec coach that she had said, "Well, Danielle, you need to figure out whether you want to be a right or whether you want to be effective." And I think that's a really like that's a really interesting way to think about you know, to think about the role is that, you know, it's nice when you can be both, uh, but which one's more important, right? Um, oftentimes being effective is, is way better than being right. Uh, being right and, and effective mm-hmm. gets you, uh, you know, brushing up your resume uh, pretty quickly oftentimes. So, um, you know, that's, that's definitely, a, that's definitely a great perspective to, to take with you as, as you continue to build your career. What, what would you say, like, from, from a legal tech perspective, like, you were evaluating like squares when you were at your prior, uh, your prior company, um, and, and a handful of other, uh, a handful of other tools. What, what problems were you looking to solve? And, um, and, you know, how, like, what made you turn to, okay, I need to find technology to, to solve this problem? Yeah, so uh, when I was brought on, part of um, my, one of my goals was to find a way to organize the contracts. And uh, we had a, a different system, but it wasn't a CLM. It, um, sort of like a Dropbox, um, but it didn't, it, it, um, I was able to manually enter in different points of metadata, like contract party names, um, the um, group within the contract, uh, the company who the contract was about or for, um, but not that many details about 
the contract and itself. And um, so I needed, I knew I needed a system where it could pull, key, ideally pull, so I wouldn't have to manually enter it in, key points of each contract in um, a spreadsheet or something like that. And then, so I knew I needed some sort of repository, but then for me as the attorney, I needed a way to organize what I was actually currently working on too. Uh, what I was doing was it was all through email um, and then saved on my on my computer on the cloud, but yeah. every um, interaction I had regarding a contract was via email with the other party. Sometimes a new email chain would be created and if I needed to get context on that contract, I'd go through my email history and go through. And it was just, it was very tedious and it wasn't um, efficient, um, the cost efficient um, with the amount of time it took just to kind of um, get the contract done. It took a lot more time by not having um, these organizational pieces um, available. So yeah. I looked at um, user friendliness when evaluating different um, CLMs, uh, which one I thought would be the easiest to use, which one also could, I thought could scale the easiest. The company where I was, it was growing very fast. And so I knew we already had a lot of contracts, but I knew a whole lot more were gonna come um, as well as um, how users could interact with each other. Uh, one thing I liked about Link Squares was the activity feed. Um, and again, it takes so much off email uh, that just, it saves me so much time. Um, so that's something I, I liked a lot. And um, I, with the repository, um, whether it had the technology or AI to really organize um, the key point, being able to, for me to, or my the CFO, my boss at the time, to be able to run a report saying which contracts are assignable and which aren't, um, those are yeah. all different tools I looked at. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's incredible. The once once you start using once you start using a system and you're able to use it effectively, and um, you know use it to to combat some of the major problems. Like I think a lot of it is this recognition of what is what is really the problem. Like like Brittany, did you really have trouble actually physically reviewing a contract? No, like no. It's digging through countless emails to figure out like, oh, so-and-so sent an email that had something about that contract that now I need to remember what it is sort of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And to be able to follow up too and see like what still, what hasn't been signed yet, what contracts aren't complete yet, um, to be able to go into the, pro, the product and, and check what's in the queue and the status of that is so much easier than really just keeping track of it on my own. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so like now sort of being a part of a legal tech company, like when you think about how you spend your day here, like what are, what are some of the things that you've uh, maybe you didn't expect that you would enjoy or you didn't expect that you would be a part of, what are some of the surprises that, that you've seen that, um, uh, that have been either pleasant or negative? Good question. Um, well, one thing I I knew to expect, but I didn't know what it would be like, would be to be a customer of the product here um, while helping 
the company and negotiating contracts for the company. So I knew I would be doing that when working here, but I didn't really know what it would be like because I had never been part of um, this sort of environment before where I could feel like I could possibly help make the product better. Um, So I had never worn that hat before, like thinking, I mean, maybe using different softwares in the past, maybe I'd think to myself like, oh, it'd be great if it had this or something, but I would never go and email that product. Like you should do this. Um, So that's been really cool. um, Being able to have meetings with product every now and then. And and usually it's, it's them telling me new features that, I only make you know a handful of suggestions, but just being able to feel like I can help make the product better um, is a really nice surprise that I wasn't exactly expecting. Yeah, that's uh, that that's one of the coolest things I think about about being here is uh, is being customer zero, right? It's, uh, it's a really interesting interesting thing to uh, to be a part of. Um, so we got a, we got a couple of questions here. Uh, from from the folks that are uh, that are viewing, um, what made you decide to go to law school in the first place? Yeah, so in undergrad, I studied psychology and women's studies, and there wasn't really a. Um, I knew I wanted to go to grad school, and because there wasn't really a good career path with that background right outside out of law school. I mean, undergrad. So I had to think about, um, and I also liked being a student as well. I just, I wanted to go to school again. And so I had to think about where I wanted to go from there, knowing that I liked reading and writing a lot. Um, and I like solving did problems. Like reading and writing a lot? Yeah, <laughs> I did, especially in uh, undergrad. I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to like the science, fi- uh, science field or, <laughs> yeah. and um so I had to think like I I, um I could have continued with psychology but then I I started to just look at all the options and then with law school a lot of people think of like just litigation I think when they think of lawyers but there are so many options that come with having a law degree and um I knew I liked solving problems I've also had a really low tolerance for like unfairness and injustice. And so I didn't know if I wanted to go into the public sector or or what. Um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with the law degree, but I knew I wanted to learn more about the legal system and contracts too, just every part of what law school teaches. And um, I so I decided to take the jump and and do it and gain that skill set. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I- uh, for for me, it was very much the okay. Well, now what? And yeah. I think uh, yeah, it might be might be cool to be a lawyer. Like you know, looking at some of the documentaries that are out there, like uh, Primal Fear and uh, A Few Good Men, uh, that pretty accurately reflect what all lawyers do. Um, you know, of course, draw, drew me in immediately. Um, but uh, yeah learned pretty quickly that's not what life is like. <laughs> um, last question, because I know we're running up on time here. Um, you know, your your handful of, of years into your career and, and you know, doing just an outstanding job and, uh, and you're just on a great path. 
what's some of the best advice that that you've received and what is some advice that you would give to you know maybe folks coming into their first uh their first in-house gig yeah um you know as cliche as it sounds i'd have to say um i remember um one of the attorneys i worked for one time just emphasized to me um, how important it is, especially as a young attorney or a, a law student about to become an attorney, about remembering their worth and believing in themselves, because it can be a really tough industry. And um, it's easy to start second guessing yourself, um, but really just believing in yourself if there's a problem, um, that you will get through it. And I think um, what comes with that, um, I'd have to say, trying to find a job that's a good fit. I think a lot of lawyers maybe struggle with that in the beginning or they start, they make a few um, changes. And I think it's so important to remember that it's, yes, it's good to say what you, when, during an interview, what you think the other party wants to hear. And then you wanna sound good, you wanna get the job. But I think it's also really important to ask your own questions um, to get a good sense of, where you're interviewing, whether it's a company or a law firm, if it would be a good fit for you as well. Um, I think it's easy to forget that, especially in your first few jobs out of law school, uh, just because you want to do whatever it takes, like look good, build that resume. Um, yeah. But it's easy to forget um, that you kind of need to enjoy where you work too, ideally. Yeah, exactly. It's uh... Uh, it's it's a pathway to success, right? Is is finding a job that you actually enjoy, and especially if someone pays you for it, like that's awesome. Right? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and you're more likely to do really well in that position too, um, if you yeah. are interested in it. Exactly. Yeah. At that point, you're working for you more than you're working for somebody else, which is uh, which is a great spot to be in. And uh, well, Brittany, thank you so much for taking time. I I know directly how very busy you are at this time of uh, this time of March at the end of Q1. So thank you so much for taking a little bit of time and chatting. And as always, it was great. Uh, it was great catching up with you. And uh, and thanks again. Very exciting times. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Brittany. Bye.